checking, checking. We got big baby Jonathan in the building. Baby, baby, what's poppin'? What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Big Baby Jonathan here, man. I got a very special guest, Ben Golliver, Washington Post, NBA writer and NBA newsletter. How's it going, Ben? Hope all is well. Things are great. I'm just so happy to be here. I appreciate you always coming into our locker room chats that I do with Mike Trudell. I mean, you're an absolute diehard Laker fan, probably the biggest Laker fan I know right now, honestly. So um, I know it's kind of a tough time of the year for them, but I just got done writing this book about their 2020 title. So we got good news. We got bad news. Whatever you want to talk about, I'm mm -hmm. glad to chat. Yeah, most definitely. So tell us a little bit about your book, Bubble Ball. So I lived in Disney World for 93 days, 92 nights last summer. I was one of the few people who was there kind of the entire experience. Mm. And it was an incredible opportunity to just see the Lakers, you know, win that title up close, but also to see the other main personalities who were down there kind of competing for that championship. And so when I was down there last summer, I was thinking somebody's got to write this as a book. You know, this is just mm. too crazy. When you have the pandemic, you got Disney World, this big comeback. You got all these mm -hmm. like famous Hall of Fame players staying in these little hotel rooms that are typically used for like tourists. I was like, someone needs to write this as a, as a book. So that really became my focus for pretty much the last six months, you know, one way or another, whether writing or editing. And I think it's a really fun read. I think for Lakers fans, you know, I'm not going to spoil the ending. Obviously, they win the title, but there's just a lot of yeah. details, you know, from their championship celebration with LeBron uh, spraying champagne on the reporters like myself. Uh, from the Anthony Davis Mamba shot, you know, from even some of the concerns early in the bubble when Rondo got injured and how are they going to respond to that? I mean, you, you add it all up. It was a really incredible story. And not to mention the tragic death of Kobe Bryant kind of hanging over the team the whole year. Mm -hmm. So I get into all that stuff and a heck of a lot more. And it's actually officially releasing tomorrow. So you've got me in a great mood, big baby. I've been waiting for this day. Like it's like my Christmas, you know, I've been waiting for almost mm -hmm. a year. So it's a uh, very exciting. Yeah, most definitely, man. I gotta pre I gotta order that book, man. You know, because uh, I was watching the YouTube, like you were explaining how the bubble with the wristbands and all that, man. Like overall, in general, the bubble. Like, what was your take from it from from start when you were there to finish? Like, what was the process you being in the bubble while the Lakers and the NBA was at the bubble? No, it was a big. Uh, it was a big exchange. I had to give up a lot of my privacy for the safety of the of the health and safety protocols. Right, mm -hmm. so. Like you're saying, I had a wristband that basically tracked my movements. If I went in my room, it was electronic, so it would tell people where I was at all times. We had uh, chains that we wore around our neck that basically acted like smoke detectors, so they would beep really loud if you got too close to other mm -hmm. people. That was the kind of insurance that you uh, ensure that you'd be socially distant. We had to mm -hmm. wear masks at all times. We really couldn't congregate indoors. We couldn't eat or drink when we were in the arenas to keep the players safe. During the press conferences, we could be there, but we couldn't get too close. You know, every once in a while, they'd like tape out a little circle below the players, uh, you know, around them when they were doing the interviews. And we couldn't go inside that circle. There was a lot of rules. It was it was tough, man. You know, I, when I was down there, I put on weight You know, I was having a hard time sleeping. Um, you know, my anxiety was up. But, you know, I, I felt really isolated from my parents back home. And so I think the pandemic was already hard, but the kind of mm -hmm. conditions down there made it even worse. And. 
um, thankfully, I kind of like live to tell the story, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, and I did see some of the players like on Instagram, like Dwight Howard was posting on, he was on the Instagram live and he was at the pool and stuff. And the vibe that I saw from the Dwight's Instagram when he was, when he was on Lakers, there's just very like controlled over there. You know what I mean? Like very like, don't do this, don't do that. And I know I saw a report that, uh, they got a couple play- Laker players got fined and bleed Dwight Howard got in trouble because somebody snitched on for not wearing a mask. And all that stuff, it's like, and he felt like he like doesn't didn't want to wear the mask, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I understand it, you know. But now things are so open, open up in California around the world now. But back then, they were really strict, you know. Anywhere I went to Cal, when I would go to uh, the store with my girlfriend or go to the mall and I take my mask off, they'd be like, put it on. I'm like, so I understand, you know, the whole bubble thing. Now I understand it, man. Like, it was a tough grind for the Lakers, you know, tough grind for everybody, everybody. You know, some players wanted to leave the bubble, just like Clippers and Lakers were about to leave the bubble, too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was the whole question with the shutdown was, you know, our mm-hmm. guys going to want to stick this thing out and see it through to the conclusion. I think the good news was the longer people were there, the more they adjusted to it and the more they realized, like, hey, the finish line is inside, so let's stick with it. But, you know, there was so much security there, NBA security, Disney security, local cops, local sheriff's department. Um, you mentioned the snitch hotline, you know, that was a real thing. You could report people who were violated. I remember one time I forgot to wear a mask when I went down to do my laundry and I panicked. There was nobody even around, but I was like, oh no, I don't want someone to like snitch on me. So I went running up four flights of stairs to go find my mask so I could finish my laundry up. You know I mean? Just things like that would get into your head. You mm-hmm. know, one day I was walking around the campus at night, just getting uh, some exercise. A security man rolled up on me and said, let me see your credential, you know? And, and thankfully I had it with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were required to wear that at all times. And, you know, the credential would let you in certain areas and keep you out of other areas. But if I hadn't had that, I probably would have been in big trouble, man. They probably would have, you know, scoot me up, take me somewhere, ask me what I was doing there because they didn't want anybody from the outside coming in. They mm-hmm. didn't want anybody on the inside going out. So, I mean, this was like, you know, we had video surveillance. I mean, it was the whole nine yards. So it kind of felt like a little bit like you were in jail, kind of, sort of, a little bit. So like I wouldn't go that vibe. far. I wouldn't go that far because a number of players made that comparison. And like, for mm. me, the the good part was we knew when we were going to get to go home, right? Like it was only yeah. three months. And like, if we absolutely couldn't take it, you could leave. Right. So some people, they'd have funerals in their family. They could leave if they wanted to, and mm. they didn't necessarily have to come back. So that's where the big difference from jail goes in. But I'll tell you what, man, I've never felt so confined in my life and it really messes with you, you know? And I think a lot of people have been going through challenging difficulties here during the pandemic of like adjusting to being living at home and not getting out and see people as much. And, you know, for me, I'm a little bit more of an introvert, so I don't mind not, you know, being in crowds and all that, but still it's Mm -hmm. different when you can't even drive a car, you can't even go to the grocery store, you can't go to the uh, post office. I mean, there's nothing, you know, we were just locked on that campus, you know, for three straight months. Yeah, man, it's crazy. I I know like um, the, Daniel House situation where somebody got snuck in and that's why he left the bubble. So it was just a crazy environment over there. But hey, my Lakers won a title and uh it's not an asterisk title. We put our blood, sweat, and tears into that title. You know what I mean? So it's I'm happy that we won the title. But let's get into some Laker talk, man. Um well, what do hold you on, think? real quick, big yeah. big baby on that point. I want to understand that and and exclamation point. No asterisk. A hundred percent no asterisk. And here's why. Not only did they go sixteen and five during the postseason, they smacked everybody, you know, ultimately. Hey, there you go. You got the ring. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. Not only did they smack everybody, as you know, and, and AD and LeBron, those are the two best players in the bubble. So that counts for a lot. But look at what all the other teams who were in the bubble did after the bubble in response to the bubble, right? 
like if this was an asterisk where everybody was just punting it and didn't really care, you mm-hmm. wouldn't see the Sixers go out and get a new coach and a new GM, trade Horford. You wouldn't see the Bucks go trade for Drew Holiday. You wouldn't see the Rockets True. blow up their whole show. You wouldn't see the Clippers part with Doc Rivers, right? Yeah. That, that to me is the biggest validation of what happened in the bubble because everybody retreated it like it counted. So therefore it should count for history. And it was tough too. I mean, LeBron put it up there with one of his best accomplishments. I would tend to agree. I mean, I still think the 2016 title is better because of the quality of competition. I mean, Golden mm-hmm. State was just on a different planet that year. And, uh, you know, that's why they won 73 wins. Uh, but, you know, right after that, I think it's one of his very best titles. And, and it's certainly one of the most memorable. Yeah, it's one of the memorable title runs. And I uh, look at that championship as the Lakers 2020, in my personal opinion. You got 2010 for the Lakers, and you got 2020. I feel like they're close. You know, we beat Boston 2010, and then we went back-to-back 2009-2010. You know, it's up there with me. You know, what we went through with Kobe passing away, the pandemic, when everything happened around the world, man, it's just we got it done. You know, because at one point I thought we weren't going to have a season anymore. You know I mean? I I came to the conclusion we're not going to be playing for a title this year. We're going to probably come back in – January or something, but sure enough, we got it together, and the NBA did a great job with the whole bubble experience. I mean, like they did it, they put it in a great game plan, and it, it worked. A hundred percent. That's part of the story too. I was right there with you, man. I was really distraught and sad and stressed out, thinking, "What am I even going to do with myself? All I do is talk about basketball and write about basketball. Like, what's my life even going to be like?" So when they got the bubble idea going, I was really excited, and I was really excited to document it and write it and and really try to just put my whole heart into it because I was so grateful to have basketball back. And I'm sure there's a ton of fans out there who can relate to that. And hopefully that the book reads that way. You know, it's kind of like a love letter to the sport, to be honest. You know, I mean, I think people know, you know I kind of center my life around this sport. And, uh, and so for this past year, it's really just been all about thinking about the bubble, living it, writing about it, reflecting on it, and then ultimately putting this book together. So I'm, I'm really proud of it, to be honest. And I couldn't agree more. The NBA uh, succeeded on the two most important things. They kept everybody safe and they crowned a champion. And that was the most important thing to me. Is like you have all these players working this hard to get a, a chance to win a title. You better have somebody bring that trophy home. No, most definitely. And it did. It was my Lakers. But now let's get into my Lakers, man. Uh, Lakers have been struggling a little bit, man. So are you worried about them? Do you think that they're going to be in that seventh spot? Do you think they're going to get it together and like avoid the playing tournament? Well, when LeBron first went down, I thought them sliding into the play-in was a possibility. Um, mm-hmm. I'm actually more worried, though, not about that slide, but just how it looks here over the last couple of days. I really thought LeBron's return was going to boost everybody's mood, get them really excited, get everybody back on track. And I think he's still dealing with that ankle. Anthony Davis doesn't seem like he's moving that well to me, um, or at least he's not playing with that same kind of major energy and impact that we're used to seeing. And he hasn't been shooting the basketball very well either. So they got mm-hmm. problems with their stars, and everything starts with the stars for the Lakers. We know that, and it's always been that way, right? So mm-hmm. um, I am starting to get a little bit nervous on their behalf just because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I kind of was in the mindset of like, look, call me once we get to the playoffs. Call me once LeBron's on the court, and now we're here, and it just doesn't look right. You know, I think there's some mm-hmm. questions about Drummond's fit, um, and I also think it's just tricky because these guys haven't played tons of minutes together with the new group. Uh, before they're going to have a really tough first-round series. No matter who they have to play, they're going to play a good team. And they're going to play a team that has more continuity and chemistry right now than they do, and that's tricky. Yeah, most definitely, man. And uh, question, if the Lakers do somehow continue to struggle and they get into that playing tournament and lose, I feel like there should be changes immediately, but I don't think that's going to happen. I thought the Lakers are going to ride it out, rather the storm, and we'll get it together. 
Well, let me ask you, what changes would you want to see if they if they lost in the play? And I mean, obviously, you're going to keep the stars, no question. But mm-hmm. like, wh- which of those other guys? You have to go find a new center, probably. You know, mm-hmm. you, you tried a bunch of different guys. You probably got to look for a new solution there. I mean, who else would you be looking at moving? Sorry about that. All good. I was just saying, who else would you look at moving if uh, if it was up to you? Mm, if we do miss the playoffs, for one, I would probably have to keep it 100. I always keep it real on my show. Guy, get rid of Coos. Yeah. You know, get rid of Coos. Maybe don't resign Dennis Shooter. I just feel like we Lakers team last season was great, and I feel like the Lakers thought, okay, let's try a different way, and it's not working. I feel like if the you know what's missing, most important thing, the veteran leadership of Rondo. If we're struggling right now, you bring the team together and we thrive off of him. Same with JaVel McGee, Dwight Howard, the young, the, the assets that we have. But it's just unfortunate. No, it is. It's just one of those seasons for the Lakers. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be supporting this team until the wheels fall, until we get, until somebody beats us. You know, I'm not going to jump ship like Stephen A. Smith jumped ship earlier today on first take. He said he's not picking the Lakers to come out of the West anymore. It's just crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think what you were talking about with Rondo and uh, Dwight and JaVale, it's a really important point. Those guys knew exactly what their roles were, and they were totally bought in, right? I think this year you've got some real questions. Like, you know, Schroeder, he wants to get paid, so he wants a big role. You know, Drummond, he wants to get paid. He wants a big role. Montrez Harrell, he wants to get paid. He wants a big role. Mark mm-hmm. Gasol, he's used to having really important minutes, right? Um, and now mm-hmm. he's in a situation, how much does he get to play? These are tricky challenges. I think Frank Vogel is actually a really good coach, but – He's just got a really, um, you know, a really uh, large number of different competing interests to kind of deal with and juggle right now. And usually what happens in these situations is, you know, LeBron steps it up and the problems kind of start to go by the the wayside. And and that's why it really comes down to his ankle. If he's not feeling right, he can't go every single night. That's going to make things a lot more uh, difficult as well. Yeah, most definitely, man. It's going to be difficult. But here's the thing. I look at this. When the 2009 Lakers had the season – Way back in the day with Kobe Powell, Lamar Odom back then. Kobe played with the messed up ankle, messed up like fingers and stuff. He had he pushed through it, man. So I don't feel I feel like I understand the ankle injury, but you gotta push through it, man. You know, during the playoffs, you're gonna have nicks and bruises. You just gotta put it in your big boy pants and get to work. That's how I feel. You know what I mean? So we got LeBron, LeBron gotta get it together, you know. And if he does like did you hear him what he said about the playing tournament? Like I, I saw did, a yeah, video. I, I, I saw when he was on Cleveland and Dave McManaman asked him about it, and he was like, No. And then now he was excited about it. He's going back. I feel like he's just very frustrated right now. And here's the thing. I'm actually glad we're going through this right now because I'd rather go through this now. And then if we play like this in a playing tournament, we're going home early. I keep it always way real. We need to figure it out now. I'd rather go through growing pains like we did in the game of the bubble. We want to like, I think we went like one and eight or somewhere around there in the bubble before the actual bubble started, like the little practice games. And then we turned it up. So I feel like we're going to do that again in my personal opinion. I feel like we're going to ramp it up once everything gets right. You know, before, before the Lakers get going, I feel like we're going through the storm. Just keep pushing, keep put one foot in front of the other. The storm will eventually end. I would also say like, this has been a really tough season, not only for the Lakers, but kind of for everybody. And there's been lots of up and ups and downs, right? Mm-hmm. If you look back at like Portland last week, they look dead in the water this week. They win three or four games in a row. They look way better. So I, I guess my point there is, um, momentum can swing really quickly in this season, right? And so you, mm-hmm. you don't want to jump off the boat like you're saying. You want to trust the stars are going to be able to step it up. And to me, it comes down to their health. You know, both those guys got some real rest time during, during the regular season. They got to get back up to 100%. You know, if they can't get to 100% health-wise, this whole equation changes. That's how I look at it. 
Yeah, 100% agree with you, man. Even I said when AD went down, when LeBron went down, I've made a podcast about it. Lakers have to be 110% healthy or we're not winning a ton. And you're right, Anthony Davis looks like he's – I feel like that Achilles – not Achilles, somewhere around his like leg area is affecting him. You know, certain areas yeah. he's not getting to his spots quick like he did in the bubble. You know, but if, if we somehow don't make – like get to the playing tournament and lose, i just be like, okay, let's just regroup, get healthy, and bounce back next season, man, because – we're Lakers right now at this point, they're just swinging. You know, they're fighting through it. They just got to keep pushing, man. Until somebody knocks you out, just keep going. For sure. And, like, I mean, here's another way to, like, step back big picture this thing. You know, I mean, it's a tough time right now. Mm-hmm. They re-signed LeBron and AD to contract extensions before the season. So imagine if they hadn't done that. And now you're worried, well, what's the future going to look like? We don't have these guys taken care of. You've got the stars taken care of. You know how well they play when healthy. They were 21-5 and five to start the season. They were rolling, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. even if they go out early, whether it's play in first round, second round, you know, whatever, they don't reach the expectations. You've got multiple years left if Anthony Davis is probably LeBron's still playing at a high level when he's healthy. So um, I think that it's sort of the same thing for Milwaukee, actually. Like they don't have that pressure on the playoffs as much because they already mm-hmm. re-signed Giannis and kind yeah. of a similar deal for the Lakers. Obviously, it's going to be championship or bust if you have LeBron every single year, right? That's how everybody's going to view it. Uh, but the fact that you don't have to worry about this summer – I think is actually helpful. I mean, you know, it's going to be tricky. Do you re-sign Dennis? You know, who do you pay? Who do you trade? I mean, there's going to be decisions, but your two biggest decisions are already made. You already got your two stars locked up, right? Yeah, most definitely. We got our stars locked up. And other thing, too, I trust the front office 100%. Trust Jeannie Buss, Rob Palinka, Kurt Rambis, Linda Rambis, Tim Maris. So I'm not worried if they feel like they need to move some pieces in the offseason, maybe move a coach, maybe do something else. I'm okay with it. You know what I mean? It's their decision. We just got to roll with it, man. No, they, they've earned the trust. I mean, some of those people were down in the bubble. I talk about Jeannie and Rob Palinka and um, Rich Paul all being there for the title celebration. I mean, that was a really crowning achievement. I think people forget how quickly the Lakers turned this thing around. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Magic surprising everybody by resigning. Luke Walton's kind of out the door. Yeah. They got a trade for Anthony Davis. They're sending all those assets out. I mean, this was a quick turnaround in the first place. And it worked together. Everything came together brilliantly last season. It was no guarantee it was going to play out like that. So um, I think your trust is well-founded. Yes. really. And thank you, Magic Johnson, for waiting outside for LeBron. If he didn't do that, we probably would still have Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and all those guys. And they're doing great things for their other teams. And I'm, I, I'm not even surprised because I knew that was going to happen, too. I saw a potential in Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle, Lonzo Ball. I saw all that transitioning from the Lakers to the other teams. I saw it, but I just felt like, they can get enough minutes right there. And I just feel like it's a great opportunity for them to go somewhere else. I would trade them again for Anthony Davis 10 times out of 10 every time. Oh, absolutely. Look, I mean, it worked out great for both sides. I think the Lakers at this point have won the trade, right? If you get a title out of it, that's the whole goal. And you've also set yourself up with the Anthony Davis for the next five years or whatever it's going to be. Right. So, um, you know, even whenever LeBron slows down, you have a franchise player. Those are the hardest things to get. And people are going to want to play with AD. I mean, he's unbelievable. I think when healthy, he's the best defensive player in the league all around. That's going to be a magnet for talent when you're trying to come up with the next version of the Lakers once LeBron decides to kind of slow down or, um, you know, head towards retirement. Yeah, most definitely. And we do. I don't know if it's breaking news, but I got a tweet from uh, Mike Trudell saying LeBron is day-to-day with a right ankle injury, Laker head coach Frank Vogel. Um, what's your thoughts yeah, he's, on that? Well, he he's not playing tonight. You know, I think that it sounds like he is almost maybe, did he come back too early a little bit of that thought? Cause it was sore last night. 
you got to be careful. I mean, it's a tough game anyways against Denver. They're absolutely rolling. So I think caution's in order, and um, you got to get him right. I mean, it's really hard to play as physically and as attack-minded as LeBron does on a bum wheel. You know, I mean, you could do it once in a while. If you need to do it for a quarter like Isaiah Thomas back in the day in the finals, right, that's one yeah. thing. But if you're trying to play a whole series like that, forget about it. And uh, Frank Vogel said LeBron did not suffer a setback. Because I don't know a lot of people, Wojnowski tweeted that he suffered a setback, but Frank Vogel said he didn't suffer a setback. So that's good. Maybe he just needs to rest until Thursday because we got the Clippers on Thursday. Another tough game. So I feel like LeBron, get your rest. And here's the other thing, too, that I noticed this season. Lakers had no NBA team has practiced this year due to the the new rule now. It's like they didn't practice. In fact, if the Lakers had practiced with each other this season, I feel like we would have been having a good chemistry. Right now, sometimes we give up defensive assignments, and a lot of Laker players are like, Pointing and like right here, I see Anthony Davis sometimes tell THT to be get to the right spot. So it's like I feel like if we had those practices, our chemistry would be 110 percent better right now. I agree completely, especially on offense when it comes to Drummond. I mean, he just needs more time with LeBron so LeBron can figure out how the spacing works, you know. And mm-hmm. he needs more time with Anthony Davis to know when to kind of crash the glass, when to get out of the way, and that kind of stuff. And um, the Drummond fit to me is interesting because I don't think it's working that well. And I would, you know, I liked Kuzma. I mean, Kuzma kind of came out was you know, pretty honest saying, you know, we need to go back to Marcus Gasol. And, you know, it's tricky because a lot of people were bagging on Marcus Gasol earlier this year, too. It's one of those things where you've got a bunch of options, but maybe no great option at center. And they're going to have to sort through that, you know. There's kind of no way around it. Yeah, we just got to maybe try Marcus Gasol tonight versus Nikola Jokic, you know, throw some different lineups, you know. Maybe try something else, you know. If something's not working, fix it. Maybe put... Devonta Kekak out there, or Giannis's brother, Kufis. You know, maybe just try something different right now. You never know what can happen. But at this point, I'm worried, but I'm not worried yet until we get eliminated. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Look, I mean, there's a lot of panic going on right now, and uh, there's going to be ups and downs in this season. There was last mm-hmm. year, too. I mean, there were some really tough moments in last season before they won the title. Um, but look, they're going to have a tough path. No matter who they play in the first round, it's going to be tricky. Um, you know, it could be Utah, Phoenix, uh, Denver, or the Clippers. All those teams are really good. All those teams have had great offenses this season. Now, the Lakers can usually rely on their defense, especially if AD is healthy. So that's probably going to be their ticket. But they got to get, you know, scoring from more places, too. It's not all about the stars. You know, it's about yeah. ball movement, hitting open shots, getting KCP, getting that big stuff going, and, and having Kuzma continue to play well. I mean, I think overall this season, he's been a real bright spot. I think he's going to be even more important this playoffs than he was last playoffs. Yeah, almost definitely. Now, Kuzma's game defensive-wise and his offensive-wise has improved. Defense is really good. He has taken the next step. You know, since LeBron's not playing, Kuzma should be like, okay, so LeBron, you're not playing. Let me step it up for a couple games. You know what I mean? I like Kuzma's demeanor this season. Defense really improved. I liked his energy last night, 24 points. You know, he was shutting the ball really well, you know, and it's just we're struggling right now, but I'm excited to play the game tonight versus Denver. But, Ben – Thank you so much for coming on Big Baby Sports Podcast. Go ahead and tell the viewers where they can find you on social media. Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Ben Oliver and on Twitter at Ben Golliver. And the book is called Bubble Ball. Look, it's everywhere, man. Amazon, your local bookstore, Barnes & Noble, Powell's, wherever you get books. So if you're Lakers fans out there trying to, like, live and die with every win and loss, like, this is the book. You know, it really gives you an up-close look at that postseason push. All right, most definitely, man. I'm actually going to go to Barnes & Noble tomorrow and – Get the book. Well, if you grab it, send me a photo. I want to see you with it, all right? So be sure okay, to send so, it over. Sounds good, man. Put a smile on my face, man. I spent a year on this thing, so it would mean a lot. Okay, thank you so much, man. Coming on, we'll talk soon. All right, man. Take care. Talk to you later.